If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast. I'm Nicole Church steinbach your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. I serve women all over the world to earn more money, create more opportunities, and thrive in the tech industry because tech needs all of us. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, brave people. Well, thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. So today I'm going to talk about the three biggest mistakes I see professionals doing all over the place. (laughs) This is not limited to hierarchy. Just recently had a conversation with the senior vice president who was doing all of these things, interns, all these things, and everyone in between. These are the three biggest mistakes. I'm going to tell you what they are, and then I'm going to go into detail. The first biggest mistake is setting a wishy-washy goal and keeping it to yourself. Number two, you obsess about the how. Number three, you believe consciously or not that the same person you are right now is going to be the person who celebrates your goal. Ready? Let's dive in. Number one, You set a wishy-washy goal and you keep it to yourself. A wishy-washy goal. Lots of people do this. Lots of people do this. Because you believe a wishy-washy goal will give you lots of opportunity and flexibility. You can flow. No, no, no. So many people quote the book Flow and have actually never read the book. He's very, very clear. You flow within a set of parameters. And those parameters are not, I save the world. I like my career. I'm happy. No. The parameters are specific, defined, and in touch with your core values. There's some other things inside of the book, but that's what I'm going to hammer on right now. So what does this mean? You set a clear and specific goal. 
For example, by summer 2022, I will have a concrete plan with my manager for my promotion in Q1 2023. Even better would be what specific promotion is going to happen in January 2023. Specific and clear. Why? I want to be happy in my career. I want the next level. That is a decent place to start the conversation and the exploration. And you'll get completely stuck in the how. And it will be wishy-washy. It will be unclear. You'll get confused. You'll get upset. You'll take a break. You'll forget. And before you know it, you look around and you quit a goal you actually never set. We don't like that. That is a no. (laughs) When you are specific, when you have parameters, Yes, you feel more risk. You feel like you could be more disappointed because you put a line in the sand. Yes, I acknowledge that. And now answer the how. Very different answer, correct? Very different response. The flow takes place because you are clear and specific. You've got specific terms. You've got timelines. You've got people. You've got the impact and what it means for you. That's right. Specific and clear. And you share it with other people. You start with a few brave people, your coach, your mentor, your best friend, your partner, your sponsor. You start in sharing it with other people and you experience their response. Now, you don't control their response. There are four of the most common responses. Absolutely. Number two, how can I help? Number three, I don't understand. Let's explore. And number four, the not helpful one, which is, bah, nope. No matter what the person's response is, you experience their response. You experience getting even more specific, even more clear, even more committed with your goal. So let me give you an example of this from my own life. At one point in time, I was feeling bored. I was feeling like I wasn't being challenged. It was really hard to stay focused in my professional space, even though I was traveling. I was working on the coolest stuff. I was working on a certification. It was like I was doing and learning so much, but I didn't feel connected. So I decided that I was going to step into management. That was my decision. I was going to be a management. I've been doing this individual contributor thing. It's all right. I'm getting bored. So I'm going to step into this management thing. So I shared it with a mentor of mine at the time. Remember, Your mentors change as your goals and as your maturity changes. So I shared it with her at the time. And her response is, what? Are you kidding? You hate management. I was so shocked. (laughs) I was so shocked. What? No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm bored. I'm doing all these things. I'm learning all these things. I'm so bored. I can't focus. 
It's like I'm sleepwalking and I'm still doing an awesome job. And she says back to me, Nicole, you stepped into a temporary management role. You managed a team while our colleague was out ill and you hated it. You hated this part, that part, this part, and the other part. You disliked this X and X. And the only thing that you said made it even worthwhile was knowing that it was coming to an end after our colleagues' treatments were done. Imagine if I had kept that goal to myself because she was right. I love leading. I have led teams of over 100 people. I love leading. I love developing people. I love coaching people to their success. You know what I don't like? Management. (laughs) I don't like the paperwork. I don't like the systematic obstacles. I know that the structures or power are there to keep certain people up and keep certain other people in their quote unquote place. I don't like it. Imagine if I had kept that goal to myself. I would have wasted so much time and energy. You got to share your goal with other people. Now, the other side is I decided I was leaving corporate. I decided I was going to set up my own shop. I had a specific business model in mind. And I called a mentor and I said, actually, we were all in person. And I said, hey, this isn't public yet. I've just started conversations on like my severance package as part of the layoff that's coming at some point in this year. But I want to let you know because we're in person. I'm going to be leaving and the timeline is going to be dictated by the severance packages. But this is what I want to do. He looks me in the eye and he goes, I'm your first client. Hell yes. Hell yes. Have you thought about this? Did you do this? Imagine if I had kept my goal to myself. I wouldn't have heard his like, yes. Oh, and by the way, here's five things that have you thought about? Mm, You thought about that, but ooh, let's go a little bit deeper. And here's three people I really want you to talk to. You want to talk to these people? They'd be great. I'll introduce you instantly. Imagine if I had kept it to myself. I'd have lost all that. So fix the mistake. Set a specific, clear goal and then share it. Share it first with your brave people, your mentors, your coach, your sponsor, your partner, your friends, and then share it with everyone. Number two, the second biggest mistake. You obsess on the how. New, new. Sure, do the how. Absolutely. You know, I call it the learn, act, experience spiral. And it's either moving up or it's moving down the spiral. And your feelings dictate which way it's going. Our society, Our corporate society, our Western-influenced or driven societies, the patriarchy, capitalism, Henry Ford, (laughs) they all focus on the what, the do, 
What results are you creating? How many widgets are you making? Sometimes there's a focus on learn, but only if it leads to a certification or a diploma. Not learning just to learn. You know, I've actually had people tell me that reading can't be a hobby because there's no outcome. There's no result. There's nothing in the real world. And I'm like, yeah, I'm learning. I'm experiencing. I'm feeling. I'm building empathy. I'm enjoying. I'm slowing my nervous system down. (laughs) So yeah, sure. Learning, as long as it's towards a certification or a diploma, not just for the sheer joy of learning. No. One of the things I frequently say when I start thinking about this, when I start slipping into this, is I say, no, thank you, Henry Ford, because all these ideas were really championed by the industrial line and the massive marketing of your value is in the number of widgets you add in your spot in the industrial line. You want more money? Put on more widgets. You want to grow? Put on lots more widgets. And then when you've grown and you're in that new position, now you have to do all those widgets, but you want more growth? Okay, three times as many widgets. No. No thank you, Henry Ford. No thank you. (laughs) You can also say Andrew Carnegie, and there's lots and lots and lots of industrial titans who really champion this idea that our worth is only in what we produce. It has to be concrete. We have to obsess about the how. New. We need to spend way more time in the experience, in the feelings. We need to decide how we want to feel, and then we answer the how with, I want to feel more committed. I want to feel more satisfied. I want to feel less stressed. I want to feel more interested. What helps me with all of those things? My answer is reading. Because in the example that I shared before when I was like, well, I'm bored, so I'm going to go into management, you know what my answer was? I need to read more. I need to slow my nervous system down. Stop thinking that I have to be at 150% emotionally. I need to enjoy my hobby, my hobby that is reading. So I've shared this example before on the podcast, and it is such a powerful example. So there was a time in my career, I was quite young. I was at the headquarters of a major software company, and I was invited into a very strategic, very high visibility project. I was significantly younger than everyone else. I was the singular non-assistant woman in the room, and I was super junior in comparison to everyone else. And we're in this meeting, and I'm asking questions. I'm leaning into my curiosity. I am identifying gaps, which just happens naturally for me. I thought everyone could do it. I didn't realize it was special. So I'm in this meeting, I'm really engaged, and we walk out, we hang up the telepresence, we hang up the phone conference. Yes, it was that long ago. We hang everything up, (laughs) and we walk out to the hallway, and the senior program manager 
rips me a new one right there in the hallway. Who do I think I am? When I'm in that room, I don't take up that much space. I don't take up that much time. Nobody needs to answer all your little questions. Figure it out on your own. Be quiet. Listen before you speak. Who do you think you are? And I believed him. He was more senior. He was more experienced. He was louder. He was louder for real. Ah. So for the next few meetings, for the next few weeks, I was quiet. I took up as little space as possible. I didn't ask questions. I had lots of off-the-record conversations one-on-one. Hey, Todd, will you help me? I had a question in the meeting. This isn't clear for me. Todd helps me. Hey, Jim, I had a question in the meeting. I didn't understand this part. Could you help me? A couple of weeks go by, and I get a phone call from the sponsor who's like, what are you doing? And I tell him the story. And he says, you are in this room because you ask the questions, because you see what we don't see, because you're junior, because you do a great job. If you're not going to be that person, get out of the room. Someone else can be there. Don't take up my time. Don't take up my space. I put you in that room. I can take you out of it and I can put someone in there that's going to do their job. He was right. Not the program manager, the lead guy, the sponsor. He was right. I had to feel the discomfort. I had to feel who I naturally was, why I was invited into that room. I had to feel back into it so that I could take up the space. I could ask the questions. I could identify the gaps. I could not hide the depth I was bringing in one-on-one off-the-rocker conversation, but share it with the entire team all at one time. I had to feel into that. So fix the mistake. Yes, do and learn and feel as if you've never, ever allowed yourself to feel before. Be in the full learn, act, experience spiral. All right. And mistake number three. You believe, consciously or not, that the same person you are right now is the person that's going to celebrate the goal. No. This is a simple one for you to confirm with yourself right now. Ready? How old are you? Say it out loud. How old are you? How old were you 10 years ago? Now take 10 seconds and compare you 10 years ago and you right now. You got different habits? Do you have different knowledge, different skills, different relationships, deeper, less deep, new people? You got different thoughts, feelings, beliefs? Of course you do. Of course you do. You 10 years ago could not do what you're doing right now. Heavens, think about all the ways you changed in 10 years. For you to celebrate your next goal, you have to become the person who can have that goal. 
I wanted to be more interested, engaged. I wanted to be less bored. So I had to figure out how to get the time and the attention and the energy to read. Looking back, it just, it feels so simple. I read a book a week these days. Easy. But back then that was hard. I had to become the woman who fulfilled her interest and her curiosity through reading, slowed down her nervous system, redefined what committed and complete meant for work from 150%, always urgent, to ease and excellence. I had to become that person. You may have to become the person who shares her specific goal. You may have to be the person who learns how to feel her feelings and choose another one. Cut out the toxic positivity and be the person who sometimes feels like shit, who wallows, you know, climbs into bed, snuggles down, grabs a cozy mystery and feels like poo-poo for two or three hours, two or three days, whatever you need to do. You may need to become that woman. You may need to become the woman with the knowledge and the experience of negotiation. It takes longer than you think. Feels very uncomfortable. Totally worth it. A client of mine in a 10-minute conversation created, I think, $30,000 because she had the new knowledge, the new experience. She practiced with me on how to negotiate. Fix the mistake. You cannot be the same person and get different results. You work on these three mistakes, you set specific, clear goals, and you share them with others. You obsess about feeling and doing and learning. You know that you have to become a new you, a newer version of you to celebrate your goal, and you will reach every goal you set and more. You'll do it with less drama. You'll do it faster. You'll do it with more ease. You'll role model for other people how to create the results you actually want, how to live a life you actually enjoy, how to have a career that is actually rewarding. Work on these three things. You are on your way. So start today, start now, keep going. And until next week, brave it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. If you're ready to build your brave, to live a life you love and create a career that matters to you, reach out. Together, we can spend time one-on-one to explore how I can help you. And until then, share this episode with people in your life, people who can join our movement to redefine brave, how we identify it, experience it, and celebrate it.